And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy Guys. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. Put in We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogan. I don't think that this is a a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogue and Johns with you. And we found Nate Tice. <laughs> it, it, it took a week, but we found him. He's back. Uh, up, back. I'm back. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 up, I'm up at Adam. My uh, son actually slept the night last night. He woke up around two, so it wasn't too bad. But last week he did not do that. I also zonked out at 530 in the morning because I'd been up all night. Also, I come to, to Kent Garrison's text going, hey, are you up? And it was, I was not up. I was definitely not up. And that is, uh, that is a weird feeling for me because usually I'm a, now I've become a morning person in my adult life. Uh, but it was just a moment of panic. So I apologize, but I'm glad I can make it up somehow, some way to you guys, maybe a week later or try to make it up to you guys. And that sleep that like come back, you know, in oh. bed back by five sleep, it's deep. It's, it's deep. deep. The, the dreams are wild. Yep. It was <laughs> some lucid dreaming going on. I felt very inception-y. Very much like I was controlling my dream going on. And then I woke up and I was like, man, why am I talking to Kent in my dream? And then there it is. And I wake it up. There's a text message from him. That's exactly what happened. Oh, I was out drooling like everything. And I don't <laughs> drool, but it was it was uh, my best equipment for it is during training camp when I was playing at playing, quote unquote. And uh, I would you get like a two days. You'd actually get like a nice little break, like a three hour break. You can usually study, but you can get like a nice hour, two hour nap in. Every, every single one of those naps drool because you're just out cold during camp. But that's that was my closest equivalent that I could have to the sleep I got last Tuesday that ended up missing the show. I mean, having a newborn is kind of like training camp. It, it is a grind. It, yeah, it's a grind. It is. But <laughs> the, Dane Brugler uh, said the best equivalent he has to having a newborn is like being a coach or scout. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> like, and I can't. And that's and that's exactly what it is like. <laughs> never enough well, coffee honestly it, wor- it it actually works out pretty well for us so we get we get two episodes out of you guys instead of just one so uh yeah if you missed the episode last week with robert mays you can go back and check it out we encourage you to do so but uh nate's here this week we got a lot of questions uh john's put uh, a request out on twitter to get some questions coming in and um we also want to hear your thoughts on on the bears draft class and who you like so Johns, I'm gonna turn it over to you here uh, to, to. You read want me to start the with questions. these questions? You want to start by asking him about Darnell Wright and everybody well, yeah, else in the Bears? It, yeah, maybe that makes sense. Yeah, let's do that. Let's start <laughs> with let's start with um, 
we'll start with the Bears' first round pick, and then if there's anyone else in the draft class that you feel strongly about one way or the other, but okay. to, just the way the first round ended up playing out, where uh, a situation we spent months talking about. Jalen Carter being on the yeah. board, still available uh, to draft. And then not surprisingly, which we also talked about a lot, the Bears not being a team that was really keen on drafting them. Instead, they move back again and they end up with Darnell Wright uh, filling one of their biggest needs. Yeah, with the, the Jalen Carter stuff is talented of a player as he is. I understand the Bears kind of and Ryan Poles' answers the, uh, the, the weeks afterwards where he was saying like, you know, just team makeup. And all that in our locker room, and for, they're starting at ground zero. The Eagles are coming off a Super Bowl run with a veteran-laden team, with former Georgia teammates on the Eagles. It's a much easier to accept a player that you might have quote-unquote character concerns when you're in that situation than when you're in the Bears, and it could go skew. It could just it could be like a rotary, just a little bit two percent off, and then just also just tilts all the way off because just your locker room is not built for that. So I understood that answer about why not going Carter, but Darnell Wright. I'm super high on. Uh, I came to him. I watch offensive line for the offensive guys. I go skill position first just because I have it, just because that's what I've always been. Tra- like, you're watching quarterbacks or receivers. That's the positions you watch, and that's what I've been trained to do. And then I get to the line. I love watching a line. Paris Johnson and Darnell Wright, I thought, were clearly the two best offensive tackles in this draft class, um, not including the offensive lineman from Northwestern, but just the true offensive tackles. And I actually really liked Wright as far as he had more polish to his game. And that te- I watched that Tennessee offense thinking uh, he's not going to have a lot of real reps. You know, it's a very gimmicky offense. And you watch it, plenty of reps translate from the college level to the NFL level. I have no real concerns about like maybe he was a, a senior, a late bloomer as a senior. He was kind of disappointing until then because I actually thought his junior tape was decent. Um, so you could see it kind of coming along his junior year and then a senior he just ascended to a new level. Uh, huge, big, strong, very athletic for his size, carries his weight well. He can pull. He's powerful in the run game. Um, zone stuff might not be ideal for him, but I actually think he's a good enough athlete to handle that. So what the Bears want to run a lot of zone scheme with Chris Morgan and Luke Getze, I think he can handle it. I think this is a compliment saying that he's scheme-proof as far as run game. He can handle whatever run you throw at him. You can run behind him. He can do backside cutoffs. He can pull. Then in pass pro, the everyone's talking about the Alabama game, him going, going against Will Anderson. Even games before that, when he truly has to kick set and get out of his stance, it's when it's like, oh, dang. Like you didn't know he had it in him because so many balls get out quick in that Tennessee offense. So when he actually has to do those true pass sets against speed on the outside, that's when you could see him kind of like you see it. Like you see that's a true NFL tackle right there. So I think he's a, a great combination of power athleticism technique he also shows advanced hand usage like he has moves already uh we usually talk about that with defensive ends or defensive linemen he actually has counters to their counters if that makes sense as far as the hand fighting he loves a snatch trap move which is defensive lineman has the two hands into you you snatch it down and you like basically use their momentum against them and so they (laughs) nosedive into the ground he's already using that which is cool to see at the college level paris johnson wasn't really using that uh paris johnson was more of a an idea, but he had amazing tools with some flashes. Darnell Wright has more polish to him that I think he's even gotten credit for. But anyways, long story short, love the pick. Um, love the player. I, I've compared him. I said the upside of him is he's like a 90% Tristan Wirfs. <laughs> like, I think that that type of player, kind of an athletic mauler. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of him. I, I love the pick. I love the selection build up around Justin Fields as well. Help the offense out. 
Um, and I could talk about any other picks if you want, but that was just Darnell Wright to start with the first round pick. Let's go with the skill guys then. Yeah. So started with them. Um, Roshan Johnson, the running back, and Tyler Scott, the receiver from Cincinnati. What stands out to you about them? Two personal favorites of this draft. So it's kind of funny. They both went to the same team. I'm kind of kind of <laughs> excited about that. A big, big fan of both of these players. Um, kind of in different ways. Uh, Roshan, obviously they're different positions, but uh, as far as narrative, Roshan Johnson really is a complete back that I like a lot. He's a three down back, meaning he can catch the ball. He can be on all three downs. He can pass protect. He's already good in pass protection, which is cool to see going from a college to the NFL level. You don't really see a lot of good protection backs in college. That's usually what you have to work on. So it's already, he's already competent in that area, which is already, he already has a role. That's really cool. He's bound. He's kind of, he does everything well, maybe nothing overwhelming, but everything well. I've compared him to P. Ryan, Sam J. P. Ryan, who's with the Bengals, now with the Broncos. I think he's like a plus version of that, where it's he does everything well. You he you're never gonna design a play for him, but he's gonna do it well and execute. I think he's a team first type of guy. I ended up having him pretty high on my running back rankings. I wanna say off the top of it, my head, he was running back four. Uh after um after the two guys that went in the first round, Robinson Gibbs and then Charbonnet, uh, who went to the Seahawks. And I, I had Roshan Johnson four. Because I just liked his game. I think he just does so much well. Um, and I, I really think Bears fans are going to like him. I, I really do. Uh, I think he's going to have a role early because he is smart and a good, tough player. Uh, but having said all that, I keep talking about intelligence and everything. He's a good athlete and everything. Like he is a good running back, but he just does all the intangible things as well. Um, and then Tyler Scott, I think he's going to take a minute uh, to come along. He's still learning the receiver position. Um, and, but he is he has sticky hands. He's a little slight of build, but he's best. He does all of his best work down the field. Who's a quarterback for the Bears that likes to push the ball down the field? I think they have some are gonna. They can have potential like some good chemistry synergy wise. I don't think he'll maybe he'll never maybe be a, a one or even a two, but I think as a complementary piece in your pass game, like a good number three, that's his upside, which is good. Uh, finding that in the fourth round, and also just his skill set is down the field. He he is true intermediate down to field speed can top, take the top off is a smooth athlete. Like when he comes out of breaks, he just has to work on the route running stuff. He's a lower slider build, you know, so there are some limitations to his game, but he can have a role early and do it well because it also has good ball tracking skills. Like it's not just an athlete running out there, just running. Hey, Hey, go, <laughs> you know, he actually has some talent to him as far as his hands, um, his hand, eye coordination, his ball catching ability. So, I think early on in his career, he'll be you know down the pecking order, but down the road, maybe in year two, year three, and we'll see flashes of it as him as a downfield weapon. But, but Nate, real quick, let's get um, let's get schemey here for a second. So with the with the let's let's think about the four main receiving weapons yep. now that um, and I shouldn't say because f- we don't know if Tyler Scott's really I guess the fourth guy. There's still Valus Jones technically. We'll see yeah. how it all plays out in training camp. But DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney. Chase Claypool, and now let's let's think about even Vela showed ability to be that deep ball guy a little yeah. bit towards the end. But w- whether it's Vela's Jones or Tyler Scott, w- talk to us from like a um, defensive standpoint and how you're trying to stop that. How how different is this for Justin now that he's got these pieces he didn't have last year to really unlock that passing game? How is this all going to help him? He's got juice. <laughs> that's that's what he's got. He's got down the field juice. Guys that can truly 
stack corners if they beat him and have actually come down with the ball. So as far as pushing the ball, he already has that way better than he had before as far as guys that are attacked down the field. That's what DJ Moore does best is he's a vertical th- he's a vertical X and a good one. And I really do think he in playing with bad quarterbacks, he's still produced. And I think Fields is a better quarterback than he's had in quite a few years. So um, I think those two are it's a perfect pairing as far as skill set for the receiver and then and fields. So but if you look at everybody else, I think Claypool is best, even though he's a big, big, big athletic guy. He's best horizontally than vertically. So I think he's your yak guy. He's your yards after catch guy. He's the guy you're working underneath. So if you're just looking at common concepts, uh, more is going to be the intermediate deep guy pushing and breaking off. And then Claypool is going to be the guy working underneath on the horizontal or maybe a lot. He, he has to be on the move to be best. Jet sweeps, crossing routes, digs. That's how Claypool's used best, which is fine. That, that's great. Him and Moore is best with working vertically. So now you got the horizontal, you got the vertically. I think Mooney's your slot. I, uh, Claypool, I go back and forth of whether I want him in the slot. I think he do it for should do it for a handful of games. I think there's a question about this, so we might as well just talk about it right now. Um, Clay, Claypool, like once after the trade, Steelers were trying to use him a bunch in the slot this year and kind of mixed results. And then I think uh, once he got to the Bears trade, like he only had four. The most routes he had from the slot with the Bears was four in a game. Like it wasn't really – they just kind of sprinkled in a little bit. So I think they kind of – Moody and him will kind of maybe – be the Z and the slot kind of working off each other. Mooney, I think that is also another guy that does his best work intermediate, breaking out, breaking in, get the ball in his hands a little bit as well. So he's kind of kind of going to be your do it all ish <laughs> as far as kind of mixing Claypool and more skill sets. I like that three. They have synergy. Is it the best in the league? No, but it's more than fine. And it also with skill sets that kind of all mesh together. And then four, I think would be Scott, but also VOS Jones. So you need five. And I, I think uh, he could be your gadget guy, and that's fine. He could be the gimmick guy or just sprinkle in and, you know, bubble guy, yak guy. Uh, that's not the worst thing in the world. So I think just overall this passing core, this this pass-catching group has a lot of more juice. They just down the field and the ball within their, in their hands where you can see some of the screen, screen game, yard after catch game, underneath stuff work a lot better than it has in the past when the guys were more big and plotting. So, so this is a good segue into let's go to our first question. You did you did answer, I think, Nate, one of them. But uh, this is from TW. What are reasonable statistical expectations for you guys when it comes to Justin Fields this upcoming season? Uh, it's hard. Uh, I, I the passing numbers have to improve as far as completion percentage and sacks. That's where I I, I want to see the improvement of that. But I think reasonable would be upper. 2,000 yards passing, um, low 20s touched throwing touchdowns, and then if he hovers around 10 picks, I think that would be a good year and a, a reasonable expect expectations. I think that's a, a a tick above what he did last year, and I think with the group he's got this year, he can do can attain that. And I think rushing wise, you might see like a 10% downtick because I think that's not sustainable what he did last year. Uh, I right. mean, he had to because he was the best player on the field for the bears. And they're just, Hey, go make it happen. So I think you get a 10% ish decrease rushing wise, yards wise, design rush wise, scrambling wise. But then you see maybe a 20, 10, 20% increase on the passing game wise. And I think that's a reasonable expectations where you see about hovering about 60% completion percentage mid upper two thousands passing yards. He had a decent touchdown percentage last year. Like as far as how many attempts went for a touchdown, 
Um, so just you know, hopefully extrapolate that. You know, <laughs> disco stew meme. You know, the graph going up, like just maybe that. Like more attempts, he gets more touchdowns. So I think maybe that upper two thousands passing yards would be good, and maybe about low mid twenty touchdowns with 10, 10 or so picks would be a good year from field. So and that's like Josh Allen year two. So if you look yeah. at his numbers, that's fifty eight. So Josh Allen year two twenty nineteen. Completed 58.8% of his passes, 3,089 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions. If you look at here, – here's That's, another one. Name yeah. this quarterback. This is year two for this quarterback. Completed 66.6% of his passes, 3,223 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Do you know who that quarterback is? 95.4 passer rating. Who was that? That was in Hertz, was it? No. Mitch Trubisky. Your Ooh. Well, you got I'm sure you just made I'm sure you made a lot of fans just happy right now. <laughs> Wait, so actually that's a so he threw for 3200 that year? Yes, it's year 2. See, that's where Nate, I've been on this 4000 minimum between passing and rushing yards. Like total yards, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, between yeah. the two, you you have to get to 4000 this year because last year I think he had like 2200 passing and I don't have it in front of me right now and then yeah. obviously he went, he went over a thousand rushing um and so like you just look at this offense and his natural progression asking for like 800 more passing yards to me is not asking for that much nope. and then you want to see the rushing come down a little bit just like naturally because yeah. like you said it's not sustainable so if he can get to 4000 where he's more in the like 3,200 range, which hearing that Mitch Trubisky did that in year two shouldn't be asking too much. A huge ask. <laughs> and then 700 to 800 rushing yards sprinkled in. Because the reality is Justin's too good not to break off some of these 50-yard touchdowns. Right. Runs. They're, they're going to happen. It's going to happen on a scramble. Like, even yeah. if it's not called, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, 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 I think that's I, fair. I, I, I would look at Another good one right here, because this is a guy was a more of a, we think of him now, but this guy entering the league was more of a project than people realize. And that's Donovan McNabb. McNabb in year three, 3,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, 12 picks. That's kind of reasonable and had a and ran for 480 and two touchdowns. So I'd say maybe above, a little bit more than that. But I think throwing the ball wise in 17 games. That's kind of a reasonable expectation, and with a little bit more rushing the ball, or a little bit more runability than McNabb had early. I remember that's, Andy Reid wasn't doing that stuff. That's an interesting comp. I like that. Right. Yeah, that's it's kind of who I compared Anthony Richardson this year to. I was like, we got we got to remember like McNabb was not what we think of McNabb now. Like McNabb was a project. <laughs> like it was, he was a lot of flashes and a lot of awesome stuff at Syracuse. But we think of him now as a lot different than we did when he was entering the league. Uh, it was like one of my first football memories was that draft, the 99 draft. Oh, I'm sure for Bears fans, too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All those drafts are memorable for bad reasons. Yeah, right, right. Too Johns, many. go ahead. All yeah. right, Bob Swirsky. I don't think it's the real Bob Swirsky. Um, what is – this continues the field conversation. What is the worst possible season Justin Fields can have while still solidifying – the fields is the guy feeling and not making around one QB a must next April. I, uh, First of I all, would. how did you not ask that question with the accent? I'm Schwersky. It's too early. I need another coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's 1030. <laughs> I need like an Italian beef and a 
Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, burnt, uh, beer or something. The tone. Uh, I like this I just, question because this is yeah. essentially he's asking a, a destination you don't want to be in. Like, yeah. No man's land. What's the minimum where you're still Purgatory. not drafting the quarterback next year, which is like not a great place to be. Like you kind of want to know if you're in one place or the other. Yeah. I man, I would say all those stats I just laid out, now just subtract 10% from them and then I would be a little worried. <laughs> I would say if we if the passing is like plateaus where it's barely a little bit better than last year, that's when I'd I'd be worried. You don't even have to look at stats. Yeah. You can just look at the flow of the offense. We know what you can do running the ball. But I think of passing, if you're not seeing a a jump, uh, a big uptick, then then yeah, then like that's where you're getting worried. But if you see that half tick, that would be a little that's that's no man's land. Like if he throws for twenty five hundred yards and twenty touchdowns and it's like twelve picks, like it's a little worse than those McNabb stats, I'd be that I'd be okay, but then I'd be starting to kind of go like, "Oh God, is this is this what it is like for the rest of his career?" But that's just he's a running fool. Yeah, say, say he does that. Yeah, say he does that, but he still flirts with like the rushing record, and he has yeah. all these explosive runs, and they're exciting, and the the stands of Soldier Field are going crazy. Like, how would you wait? Yeah, okay. Half tick better passing ball. So I would say if if he finishes with like. 2,500 yards and 59% passing the ball, then I'd be okay. The Josh Allen comparison wasn't bad either. That those stats that you laid out year two, then I'd be okay with it. But is, is, we got to see some jump throwing the ball wise. It can't just, he can't sustain all these sacks. <laughs> it's just a little scary. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... mm, real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. 
Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Nate, I like this question for you because you're a big you're a Lucchetti fan. This yeah. is from Andrew Cherry on Twitter. The Bears are returning the same coaching staff, which is almost unheard of in today's NFL. We're a 3-14 and 14 team. With a roster full of young players and developmental projects, rate on a scale from 1 to 10, your confidence in this coaching staff and your rationale as to why. Yeah, I, I've been pretty high in the staff overall as they guided the team to a number one pick. Uh, <laughs> I still am confident in them. I would put it you're never like a 10. I would say maybe a seven or an eight uh, would be my confidence in the staff, which I, I really do think it's a, a lot of good ball coaches that I think just understand what they are. And I know that sounds stupid, but I, I they know like they know what they are and they know they what they were experimenting with last year um, and changing the offense midstream. Um, that's why I'm high on Getsy. I think like there's some frustrations with how they threw the ball, what their third down calls were, but I think he was just going like, you see what I got? Like this, I think I've said this on the show. It's like this is what I got to work with. So let's not kill it. Let's not kill ourselves about it. And um, so I do think Getsy kind of gets it, and I, that's the biggest compliment I can give someone. I've worked with Chris Morgan before, the offensive line coach. I worked with him in Atlanta. I I, I like him. I think he does know what he's doing. Uh, just saying that, like, so I do have confidence in him. And uh, defensive wise, um, uh, even just starting with the head coach with Eberflus. So like, I think. They're competent, and I love their game plans in the second half of the year, especially that Eagles game. Holy crap. Like, that was – that's the Chiefs took stuff from that in the playoffs, uh, in, in the Super Bowl. They took stuff from the Bears game because of how – what the stuff they were doing against Jalen Hurts and that offense. And that's a compliment right there that the Super Bowl champs are like, we're, we're studying that film and from a team that had the number one pick. So, overall, I think this is a – more respected staff than I think people even realize. And I respect the hell out of them. So I'm more like a seven or eight because I think they get it. They know what they are. And now they're going to see some um, some dividends paid from what they've invested in as far as practice-wise. That's starting that practice I watched with you guys in training camp. I mean, remember, I was just like, man, they're just – it's competent. Like, it's clean. Like, everybody's going, knows what they're doing. They're teaching. It's a staff full of teachers. So I, I do think that they're people are going to see like kind of buy in more as much as maybe I have already. Yeah, there's there's purpose. There's not like a wasted purpose. minute with this staff. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and not well, in a bad way, not in like a drill sergeant way, more in like, Hey, this is our next teaching period. We're doing this. Okay. We're yeah. We're on the field. And this is what we're doing. And I, I like that. They have a plan. Yeah. Well, that's the thing they have. They, they, they have an identity. They know yeah. what that identity is and they know exactly what they want to do to execute, to be that team. And, and, yes. you know, that's just not what the bears used to have under the last staff. So like that part of it's refreshing. And I've said this before, but you look across the landscape of all 32 teams, it is very rare to have a team return pretty much everyone on their coaching staff and everyone in the front office. Because right. usually you're on one, on the, one end of the spectrum or the other where like either mm-hmm. people got fired or people got hired somewhere else because they did such a good job. And the Bears were just sort of in this like perfect storm where even though Ian Cunningham got offers or at least one offer to, to be the Cardinals GM and he turned it down, they kept that continuity both in the yeah. front office, which I think paid off in the draft, and then in and it's just it's you know that Nate that just doesn't really happen in today's no. NFL. No, at all. If you have any some someone's a competence, especially staffs like this that are connected, you know, like you know, Getsy's a Packers guy. Like they he has a plenty of connections. I'm just speaking of one guy, but sorry, maybe some other assistants, lower assistants. None of them got poached, um, and I think that's super interesting. And like I think you guys have said it already a couple times, is that that doesn't happen. Like usually you lose one guy, you know, one assistant coach or one personnel member. Um, that and it, I don't know. This whole off season, it just really felt to me as a neutral fan watching the Bears is that I watched them and I'm watching this process. They just seemed kind of confident about how everything about what their plan was and maybe of course they it's ducks on a pond it can seem that way in press conferences but it just seems to me that they're just like no this is fine everything is fine in a good way not everything's burning around them that's not that meme you know with the dog with the coffee (laughs) saying this is fine i mean it's more in a good way i think they're just everything everybody seemed like they're in a lockstep and I, i i like that and i don't know it's just for someone that just observes a lot of teams in the league this is one of the more it seems like they they do have a plan about what they want to do, and if they have backup plans when the initial plan A doesn't work, not a lot of teams do that. Look at what Detroit did in the draft; their guy got picked a pick before them, and they didn't have a backup plan. And then all of a sudden, they're trading back and they're taking a running back at twelve. That's what can happen. That's just one instance of the draft. The Bears just seem like they have a plan with everything. It's it's a good thing. It's a very very good thing. And it starts at the top. Like everybody yep. is in on it. Yes, you were the worst team in football. I got the first pick, but. George McCaskey, who hates losing, but by all means, like he, he understood what that season had to be for everybody to come back. I think James Rowe was the only assistant coach that left the staff, uh, the assistant defensive backs coach. But Alan Williams is basically, yeah. I know he's DC, but that's his specialty as yeah. well. Um, all right, next question from Ryan on Twitter: What are your thoughts on Tyson Badgett? He's the undrafted free agent. A quarterback, Division Two record setter, I believe, too. Yes. Um, any chance he can make a splash at training camp? <laughs> uh, I think he has a chance to stick. Uh, as far as maybe a backup guy or practice squad guy, he uh, he he put up some huge numbers. He threw for like 150 touchdowns in college, something like that. Um, they and they were chucking it. Every, every single play you want to see the opposite of the bears offense last year watch watch uh watch this school chucking it airing it out um he throws he's a little mechanical throwing the ball uh he he does have some arm talent but uh, i was saying this in the pre-show is that he throws 
you could tell he's been working with a quarterback coach, like a private QB coach, because he throws how a lot of kids are getting taught how to throw these days, which is short stepping it, flipping, like violently flipping the hips. And then the arm follows the hips. You're trying to create a lot of torque. Um, I have found that in a game that some accuracy stuff can, can, can come from that. And I think there is some accuracy concerns when I watch him. I'm not saying it's bad or anything. He can, he can throw it fine, but uh, he has some talent. He has some arm talent. It's not the worst kind of undrafted guy or a uh, guy to have on your, on your roster to work him out. Cause there might be something there. You don't put up that many touchdowns by accident. Uh, even if the offense kind of is conducive to that, but he can do, he's not bad. He's got some arm talent. Uh, be interested to see decent size. So it's so, just like, sorry, sorry. It's a lot of undrafted free agent quarterbacks. It's all like, you're describing them very similarly because right. it's usually you either heard of them or they put up big numbers at a small school. Yeah. Like that's kind of like, that's kind of the two brackets that you're getting into. So this and, is the small school guy. And his numbers are ridiculous. So in 2021, yeah. this is according to the shepherd website. That's where we played through for exactly 5,000 yards and 53 touchdowns in 2022. <laughs> He threw for 4,580 yeah. yards and 41 touchdowns. Yeah, it's bonkers. His dad's uh, like a Hall of Fame or legendary arm wrestler, too, I believe. Oh, he's the arm wrestler. Oh, dad. I remember this guy. They, uh, That's the, the arm ESPN wrestling. Did a the se- yeah, right. at, senior, at the Senior Bowl, his dad was like on the sideline arm wrestling people. <laughs> really? It's good. Like they were, Maybe they were doing it camp. on camera. Yeah. So there's a that's there's something right. There. I didn't I didn't realize that was him. I knew I know that someone's dad was arm wrestling guy. I just assumed it was like a tight end or offensive lineman. Nope, didn't know it was the, the quarterback. quarterback. <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah, really his funny. father Travis is the uh, he's the, a legend in the arm wrestling world. That's um, funny. Tyson Badge did play for Luke Etsy, I believe. Okay. Senior, so another connection there as well. Yeah, that makes a lot. Uh, that makes a lot more sense now. Okay, that, that's interesting. That, that's really interesting. I don't know. I love watching the undrafted guys because, like in Minnesota, we would have one every single year. So it was Pep, uh, Cole Pepper, Gus Farratt, and then Sean Hill was the number three. And every single year they brought in someone to beat out Sean Hill, and every single year he beat them out, and it would be the whole most. And he had ended up having a great career. Like Sean Hill started his career as basically just a favor because he was a Maryland guy. He was a Terp. That's what my dad was and a couple other coaches were. Oh, yeah, we'll bring the Maryland guy in, whatever. You know, just uh, Ralph Region, we'll just do him a favor, bring him on. And then he just kept winning the job, the number three spot. Number three spot kept winning it. Ended up having like a nice like 12, 14-year career, making a bunch of money as a backup. But some of these times, these connections and favors end up being like these huge careers because they just stick and they have a little bit of talent to work with. I could see him becoming like everybody's favorite quarterback come Bears training camp after like one well, touchdown. <laughs> you know how this works. Yeah, the Bears oh, don't have time. the Bears don't have Sean Hill. They have Nathan Peterman. Yeah, so, yeah right. <laughs> so, I mean, what is you're that, saying is, is Nathan Peterman is oh, going to go yeah. on and have ten more years as a backup. That's they got what PJ. You're yeah, right. I mean, everyone keeps <laughs> giving him a chance. <laughs> they got PJ Walker though. That's yeah. I forgot that the Bears had PJ Walker. That's right. He could. Yeah, he's. He's fun. <laughs> Threw the furthest pass in the NFL last year on that yeah. one uh, oh, Hail Mary two, touchdown. Two DJ Moore. Yeah. Ah, that's right. It was TJ. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. already got some natural chemistry there. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's why I love. Yeah, go ahead, Johns. Go ahead. You want to keep talking no, about? I was just that gonna pass? say that's why I like that <laughs> signing. He's a gr- you know he's a perfect backup for Fields, yep. and he is, and he's got that connection with Moore. And so I, I, yeah. I've become a bigger believer of having the backup have a similar play style to the starter. Like I've mm-hmm. become a bigger believer that believer of that, um, especially if it's a unique talent like Fields. But it's like it's much of a runner. Might as well just get another runner 
uh, as the backup that can do the same thing. So you don't have to change the offense on the fly. So I've become a bigger believer of that. Every year there's like some undrafted free agent that like captures the imaginations of Bears fans on Twitter or, or whatnot and become oh, like their favorite player. Team. And they're like stunned when he doesn't make the team and he's released. And there's always that tweet like, you can't release him because he's going to be picked <laughs> up right away. They always come back. <laughs> always. <laughs> always. <laughs> it's every team has these guys too. It's the, yes. it's the best. It's the best. It's yeah. every year. They're, every year. They're always and, there to be signed <laughs> to the practice squad. All right. Last question. This is from Erm, E-R-M, on Twitter. Here's the question. Chase Young. he's good uh i mean he's banged up uh so i want to see him this year uh i've been waiting for the the chase young experience to be back in my life uh or is that like a bear's target for next year yeah well this is another thing i think all fan bases do but especially the bears this is like anytime uh like this was happening with quinn and williams yesterday like anytime any good player has any type of contract question or yeah. trade rumor anything it's three straight weeks of will the bears trade for chase young and like in this situation like forget the bears for a second i just don't understand why washington would even go down that road yeah I they're, think they're taking yeah they're, it's like a flyer year for them uh figuring them out so i don't think they're trading them <laughs> well and also if they are isn't that a giant red flag because yeah, that's got to be right. either a there's something seriously continually wrong with the knee or there's maybe some character off the field stuff there. There's just no logic to me in Washington um, essentially giving away a former, you know, number one pick for unless there's something seriously wrong with them. And in that case, you don't want them. So it just doesn't add up to me. It, it to me because they have they they invested so much in those defensive linemen now they have to pay them all like so they paid Payne this year you know paid John Allen before now they have Young and Montez Sweat is the other guy and Sweat came on last year had probably his best year of his career last year so they're gonna pick one so to me it seems like Sweat would be the guy that maybe could be like dangled out there a little bit mm-hmm. as opposed to Chase Young like they uh, to me they have to pick one of them um, I think they're kind of going like. Let's play it out on the field and let's see like who do we want to invest in. So I think whoever the loser is of the Montez Sweat Chase Young sweepstakes, I, I guess, is the what 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 the guy that you have to keep an eye on because they have to kind of sort of pick one after this year based on contract wise and everything else going on. They they draft so many freaking defense alignment. It's it's ridiculous and edge players. It's <laughs> everyone will has first rounder, first rounder, first rounder after him. But overall, then I mean, how many trade rumors did you guys have to do with DeAndre Hopkins? Probably five thousand of them over the oh, past yeah. couple months. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to tell Ryan Poles to stop. Like, hey, yeah, we're gonna explore the trade market as well. Then instantly, like, boom, <laughs> everything. Any Everybody's guy. being mentioned. Every single player. But I mean, Chase Young. Uh, you don't usually see these types of talents hit the market or be a trade guy. And like you're saying, is that that could be a question mark? That could be a concern. He played three that, games that last year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, and that it's taken forever for him to get back on the field. Like, yeah, even after that injury, which is sometimes nine months for some people, like it was pretty bad. Uh, I know it, it's he's it's weird because what he showed his rookie year and as a prospect and everything. I mean, he was should have been the number one pick in that draft if it was just going positionless. And it's just it's funny how his stock has fallen so much and just like just because of this injury stuff. So, but the talent's still there. I'm just really curious to watch him this year overall. Could be a brutal game, just like that. <laughs> yeah, because uh, he was so good. He was so good. So good. Just yeah. 
tough. I know, but but that, that's one. I'm I'm curious. I, I want to watch him this year because it could be someone could get him on the upswing if Washington decides to just cut ties with him. It, it, it really, it's his whole stock's gonna be fun to watch. All right. Well, that was uh, that was our last question, right, Johns? That's it. Woo. All right. Awesome. Well, Nate, we appreciate you jumping on with us as always. Um, and uh, sounds like we might see you soon too. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, there was rumors okay. out there. Yeah, there's rumors. <laughs> I'll be be in town for a wedding next weekend, and then back again in a month. It's a back to back Chicago trips. I'm I'm stoked. Nice. Well, My wife's never been to Chicago. I'm fired up. I'm fired up oh. to show her to town. Well, it's nice. This well, time it, of year. yeah, I was gonna yeah, say you're picking know, the right time of year purpose. to do that. She's she's not gonna want to leave. Um, it's on purpose. I know. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and Vegas is the, we're, we're entering hell heat season. It just right. we're breaking nineties now. So yeah, it's Have not you a bad time to hit the Midwest. Kent place to bet with each other yet on the uh, West? Not yet. Not yet. We are. Kent's talking a lot of shit. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna have to put a little wager on. I have my Knights hat on right now. It's backwards right now, but yeah. I do have some Knights gear on. So this is Golden Knights versus Dallas Stars Western Conference yeah. Finals. I mean, when I think playoffs. about history of hockey and just classic <laughs> matchups. Vegas That's what Dallas. you know, I Vegas think Vegas and Dallas. Yes. I mean, give me the North Stars and I don't know the, what would be the equivalent for Vegas, but Ken's going to come in on here and start yelling at you because Dallas has been going for a while there, Mr. Hogue. I know, yeah. but I'm just bitter because I like the North Stars logo and now they're the oh, stupid best. now they're the stupid wild. Come on. Yeah, I know. It, they still could have been the North that. Stars. You could have the Stars and the North Stars in the same league. We got the Reds and the Red Sox. Yeah. Reds and Red Sox. I, no, one gets, no one gets confused. And White Sox. Know. They're, you know, in and White different Sox, color yeah. socks. It all works. It, is, it all works. They, I know. Yeah. Right. Don't overthink well, it. That should be. <laughs> we, had, we had two St. Louis Cardinals at the same time. One baseball, one football team. You know, yeah. like it was it was easy. You know, we can handle this. <laughs> all right. Um, Kent says not everyone can be an original six. All right, uh, Nate, we appreciate you. Make sure everyone's following Nate at Nate underscore Tice. Is always great follow. Uh, you learn a lot about football, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. Everybody gets their summer rest in, and then we'll be right back into some hardcore football and training camp. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always, always a lot of fun. All right, Thanks, there Nate. he is, Nate, t- Nate Tice. Thanks. Make sure you're reading uh, all the work on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can find me at allchgo.com. This is our only episode this week, but we'll be back next week. Bear start OTAs, and we'll have all the coverage from that going on at House Hall. Talk to you then. See ya. One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 